and action. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. This is episode 001 of the show. Today, I'm going to be talking about black holes, time dilation, and futurism. This is a podcast taken directly from my blog, um, which is elderlama.com. Um, I'm going to be talking about a little bit of general relativity, some black hole shenanigans, and gravity, a bunch of stuff. But don't let that scare you away. Uh, I'm going to make it pretty simple to understand. My goal is to show you why the science is awesome and why everyone should know it, not just those gray-haired physicists out there. Um, I'm going to show you a little bit of the implications for implications of time dilation for interstellar travel and the future of humanity's technology as a whole. So thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoy this. What would happen if you were to enter a black hole? We've all heard that getting too close to a black hole would cause you to be spaghettified. As the popular piece of imagery goes, if you were to enter a black hole feet first, the difference in gravity between your head and your feet would be so drastic that you would be ripped apart. Awesome, right? Personally, I think the term spaghettification lacks a certain pain and suffering that's character of dismemberment. But that's just me. So would you actually be torn apart? Well, we know that a black hole's insane mass warps space-time so severely that not even light can escape. So it seems pretty unlikely that our feeble biological bodies could survive its gravity. However, we also know that gravity acts on space-time as a whole, not just on objects occupying space. So if your body is spaghettified when you pass a black hole's event horizon, the space around you is spaghettified just as much. Rather than being pulled apart entirely, what if spaghettification is more like dragging the corner of an image on your desktop? You, the image, are still intact, only now you occupy a different space. For the sake of inciting some enriching existential dread, let's assume that, by some unaccounted-for physics sorcery, you survived entering the black hole. How long would you be in there? And with light being warped by gravity, how would you perceive time? Would time even pass for you? Or would you be sentenced to a desolated eternity of conscious experience in an ageless void? To ponder this, we have to consider time dilation. Time dilation. Even though light travels at a constant velocity, perception of time can vary vastly. Two clocks traveling at different velocities or positioned in different gravitational fields will have unique readings of elapsed time. This phenomenon encompasses the general theory of relativity, an idea proposed by this pretty famous German physicist named Albert Einstein. Perhaps you've heard of him. The first part of his theory is known as special relativity. It describes the velocity of an object and its relationship to the speed of light. So, as an object approaches the speed of light, it will experience time at a slower and slower rate. How does this work? Well, think about it like this. Light moves at a constant velocity. If you are stationary, the rate at which it moves away from you is at a maximum. If you are moving, however, you are essentially traveling with the light, so its velocity relative to you decreases. If you're still confused, just imagine chasing after a car that's moving away from you. As you run faster, its velocity relative to you decreases. This is why time as you perceive it slows down as you move faster. The other part of Einstein's theory is called general relativity. General relativity encompasses the effect of gravity on time. A massive object such as a planet bends the fabric of space-time, pulling things in its gravitational field towards its center of mass. This theory states that an object close to the massive object's center of mass, we can think about this as a person on the surface of Earth, 
will experience time at a slower rate than an object far from the center of mass, perhaps an orbiting satellite. This understanding of how gravity affects light is what makes GPS and communication satellites possible. Could you imagine where the world would be without those technologies? We'd still be printing out math quests, folks. So how does gravity affect time? Firstly, the gravitational force an object exerts is greater closer to its center of mass. That's why an object in the sky will be acted on less by gravity than an object on the surface of Earth. This is where the concept of special relativity, the idea that time will slow down for an object as its velocity increases, comes in again. An object in freefall, that is, an object upon which no forces besides gravity acts, in the sky will fall slower than an object in freefall near the surface of Earth. Building on this, as we know, the faster object will experience time slower. That's why time moves slower on Earth than in orbit, and also why Einstein thought of space and time as one inextricably connected thing, space-time. I swear, this guy must have been some sort of genius. So now that you're an expert on Einstein's general theory of relativity, let's revisit how time dilation might affect your seemingly suicidal endeavor into a black hole. First and foremost, a black hole is so absurdly massive that it exerts a gravitational field that not even light can escape. On top of that, black holes spin insanely fast. How fast? Well, have you ever done that thing where you spin around and then you tuck in your arms and then you spin way faster? Yeah, well, imagine that same thing, but you're an object the size of the sun, and then when you tuck your arms in, you turn into a 3-kilometer diameter ball. That's how fast. In short, black holes are some sci-fi shit, and they bend space-time severely. This phenomenon is beautifully depicted in a spectacular Hollywood film called Interstellar. In the 2014 blockbuster, spaceman Matthew McConaughey scours a cosmos in search for a planet fit for human life. He and his crew journey to the immensity of Miller's planet, which orbits a supermassive black hole called Gargantua. Miller's planet turns around the black hole at 99% the speed of light, which, when combined with the black hole's insane gravitational pull, calls for some nutty time dilation. At this speed and intense gravity, time is dilated so severely that spending an hour on the planet's surface translates to seven years back on Earth. Comforting, right? So... As we've learned, time slows down as you approach the speed of light or enter a gravitational field. This trend is such that if you reached the speed of light or entered an infinitely strong gravitational field, time would stop altogether for you. A black hole's at both of these extremes, and as such, is the perfect host for a thought experiment. What would really happen if you entered a black hole is a matter of fiction and of speculation. At these physical extremes, our very understanding of physics breaks down. And as a result, we are devoid of any scientific strategy to deduce the physical happenings of the inside of a black hole. One thing we can do, however, is extrapolate from our external observations. Feasibility of survival aside, if you were to enter a black hole, time would seem to tick on normally for you. But from the perspective of an outside observer, you would be frozen in time. What are some implications of this? One major issue humans face in regards to interstellar travel is that travel times far exceed human lifespans. The closest star to our solar system is Proxima Centauri, which is about 4.3 light years away in the Alpha Centauri star system. Traveling at the speed of our fastest rockets, which is about 5% the speed of light, it would take us 137,000 years to get there. Yeah, that's way over a thousand generations of humans hurtling through the void at over Mach 44,000 
in a tin can. With estimates of travel time so staggering, interstellar travel seems almost an impossibility. However, the general theory of relativity shows that it is possible to manipulate the way someone undergoes time. Now, what if we could exploit this to shorten travel times? What if you could store a black hole in a starship and use it to slow down how passengers perceive time? Let's consider this idea under three assumptions. Assumption number one, the starship can safely contain the black hole. So it's not going to be torn apart or like implode upon itself, right? Number two, humans can safely enter the black hole. That's pretty, pretty keystone part of the process. Number three, humans can be safely extracted from the black hole and they have all their limbs. Okay, so under these three assumptions, it is theoretically possible for humans to step inside the black hole, wait for a seemingly short period of time, then reemerge four light years away, 137,000 years in the future, and having aged only a fraction of the journey's duration. Wow. And I know what you're thinking. Dude, we'll never be able to do that. Or, this is so far-fetched. Or, that's nothing but science fiction. Keep it at the forefront of your mind, however, that at one point in human history, the airplane was an impossibility. Flight was the stuff of gods, and no man would ever step foot on the moon. We thought colds were the devil, lobotomies sane medical procedures, and that each male sperm contained a tiny humanoid curled up just really, really tightly. And now we have supercomputers in our pockets, and satellites in our skies, and NyQuil, Where would you be without that viscous nectar in times of immunological distress? In all seriousness, the world around us is so vastly distinct from that of our ancestors. We've become masters of our environment, experts in communication, and, perhaps most importantly, wielders of the scientific method. We've managed to make cities, succeeded in sending people to outer space, and, through medicine, even put a stopper to death. And yet, we're still apes. We are still so remarkably primitive and driven by our illusory social constructs have grown disconnected from that reality. We went from the pager to the iPhone in a matter of 50 years. And while that's certainly noteworthy, make no mistake, we are not done. We will continue to innovate and undoubtedly one day be far, far ahead of where we are today. Think about this. Future descendants of today's humans will eventually study us in an ancient civilization's or our primitive ancestors course. 400,000 years from now, our beloved modern-day rockets with their silly combustion and shitty turnover times will be the butt of a joke of a 10-foot-tall purple space professor attempting to seduce his students to be interested in his excruciating, ridiculous technologies of early life forms lecture. Don't think so? Well, let me ask you this. What did you think about those first brick-sized Motorola cell phones? Exactly. The point is, we are seemingly advanced compared to our ancestors, but we will be just as primitive to future humans as past humans are to us. To rub yet more shit in the wound, with technology's exponential rate of improvement, that difference in sophistication, and with it, fathomability of future technology, will be orders of magnitude greater. As such, beware what you label impossible or deem foolishly ambitious. Sooner than you think, you might be telling your kids that, at one point in your youth, you too used a clunky metal device to access the internet. Chump. Existentialism and perspective in your life. 
Perhaps everything we think we understand about the universe will be eclipsed by future discoveries. Perhaps. One thing we know for sure, however, is that humans are terrible at predicting the future. While on one hand this may result in some overly ambitious futurists, it could also result in widespread underestimation of humanity's future capabilities. And to be honest, I choose risking the former. The end. So my goal for this was to give you some perspective. I find perspective is one of the most powerful tools for really general happiness. Like it allows you to zoom out from the daily stresses of work or finals or whatever it may be. And it makes you realize like, wow, life is pretty fucking awesome. For me, one of the best ways to do that is astronomy. Astronomy allows you to zoom out from earth and like grab earth and flip it upside down and turn it around and really scrutinize things for what they are. So vast, so infinite. The universe is 13.8 billion years old, folks. This little thing that we call life, this tiny blip in the history of time, is a luxury that only an incomprehensible minority of atoms in the universe ever get to experience. By the power of physics and sheer circumstance, some of those atoms have currently adopted your form. You are alive right now. You are reading this sentence. You are looking out into the universe and experiencing. And if you're a millennial, you've already lived a quarter of your life. What are you going to do now? Are you going to spend the rest of your precious time working a soul-eating job? Studying for a class that you hate? Waiting for the right moment? The purpose of life is to simply experience. It is to look out at the world in awe. It is to enjoy and to learn and to be so enjoy that shit. Do something awesome. Ask that girl out. Change your major. Make your own major. Start the blog. The time is now for action. All right. Thank you for listening. This episode of the podcast was brought to you by nobody. This is the first episode. What do you expect? But if you do want to see more of this, go to elderlama.com. Yes, like the spitting sheep and the rest of my blog posts are there. Peace.